It's time to go under the hood with the Indy Fuel. Welcome to another edition of Under the Hood with the Indy Fuel. I am the broadcast voice of the Fuel, Andrew Smith. The hockey world remains on pause as we await the potential resumption of the National Hockey League season as they're currently on pause with about 10, 11, 12 games left in the regular season, hoping to complete that and the playoffs when it is safe and prudent for teams to begin playing. Of course, the ECHL in a bit of a holding pattern as well as the league year has completed, but we're waiting until June 15th, which is the official end of the league year, and that's when we see end-of-season rosters and protected lists, and then June 16th begins the new league year, and that's when teams can begin signing their free agents, signing their players, to contracts for next season and signing new players as well. Players that have come from college or the junior ranks or hockey free agents from other leagues as well. So that's something that we'll be keeping an eye on as we get into June. Of course, it's just the start of May. And in May, the ECHL schedule gets released. The Indy Fuel will be among the teams announcing their schedules in the near future. But we do know one game on the Fuel schedule. It's a special one. New Year's Eve 2020, the Fuel will be in Toledo at Fifth Third Field to compete in Winterfest at the Toledo Mud Hens Baseball Park, the first ever outdoor game played by a hockey team from Indianapolis, and it's going to be a spectacular one as the Fuel take on the Toledo Walleye on New Year's Eve outdoors at Fifth Third Field in Toledo. We're really looking forward to that and being one of the walleye's guests at their two outdoor games. They're also going to play at Kalamazoo outdoors five days before taking on the fuel on December 26th. So circle New Year's Eve on your calendar, and you can get more information about Winterfest at IndieFuelHockey.com or at the Toledo Walleyes website as well. We also want to congratulate George Bullock Jr., the Indy Fuel's athletic trainer. He was named the ECHL's Athletic Trainer of the Year. And one other piece of Fuel news, when this schedule comes out, you can lock in your dates. If you purchase a full season ticket package by June 5th, you will receive complimentary parking. For the 2020-21 season, you'll get parking passes for all 36 home games plus one preseason game, a special VIP gate, and it's only available on full season ticket packages, one pass per account, and you can go to IndieFuelHockey.com and get a little bit of a bonus for your full season ticket package for next season. Free parking for 37 games, the one preseason game, plus all 36 regular season contests next year. It is May, and of course, normally we're thinking two things in Indianapolis, racing and playoffs. Well, the Indy 500 is going to be held in August this year, and the hockey playoffs, of course, are on pause. The ECHL not able to complete its season, and we're, as we mentioned earlier, waiting on the NHL to do so. We've been fortunate here in Indianapolis to be a part of nine hockey championships, most recently in 2014. The first one came back in 1942 with the Indianapolis Capitals winning the American Hockey League's Calder Cup. This spring brings a milestone anniversary of three of those championships. 
1950 Indianapolis Capitals, backstopped by Hall of Famer Terry Sawchuck, became the first team in American Hockey League history to go 8-0 in the playoffs. They won every single postseason game, including sweeping the heavily favored Cleveland Barons in four games to win the Calder Cup 70 years ago. 30 years ago, the Indianapolis Ice won the IHL's Turner Cup again in a sweep over the Muskegon Lumberjacks. The Ice had a great year, won the Western Division title going away, and it was looking like it was going to be a very evenly matched series between Indianapolis and Muskegon, who are by far the two best teams in the league all year, and the Ice ended up pulling away to four consecutive victories. And we're going to explore that championship a little bit more this summer, lining up some guests from that team that will uh, speak with us and reminisce about that title. And it's one of the most memorable and most dominant hockey teams we have ever had here in Indianapolis. And so we'll look forward to reminiscing about the 1990 Turner Cup champion Ice here in uh, a few weeks and months over the summer. But also in 2000, the Indianapolis Ice were an expansion team in the Central Hockey League. They were owned by a local group that included the Indy Fuels owner, Jim Hallett. It was a new team and took a little bit of time to get together and really grow. And we had a chance to talk to their coach, Rod Davidson, last summer. You can look back through the podcast archives and hear our conversation with Rod about his time here in Indy. He often comes by fuel games, stops by, says hi, and says just a great friend of hockey here in Indy and just a great friend of hockey, period. The team really struggled coming out of the gate that year, but right around Christmas, things began to turn around, and really, on New Year's Day, they began to hit stride. They beat the Topeka Scarecrows at what was then known as Conseco Fieldhouse on New Year's Day, and then they went on a roll. They started the year in last place. By the end of the season, they were in second place in the division. They were the hottest team in the league. Led by the league's leading scorers, Ivan Corbin and Chris McKenzie, goaltenders Jamie Morris and Benoit T-Bear, defenseman Mike Berger and Bernie John, as well as another former Fuel coach in Jan Yas and his brother Peter. It was a fun hockey team, a good hockey team that really began to gel and hit stride the second half of the season. They won their first round playoff series in a best of five in five games against the Tulsa Oilers. And an absolutely crazy and wild fifth game. The ice won 7 to nothing, despite 300-plus penalty minutes in the third period of that game as things kind of degenerated into a lot of brawls as the game went on. And then a classic series with Oklahoma City, the division champion, which the ice swept in three games. And that set up a meeting with the Columbus Cottonmouths in the finals. The ice fell behind... Three games to two, dropping two of the three games on home ice in the middle part of the series, meaning they had to go to Columbus down a game needing to win two to win the championship, and they did just that, claiming what was the seventh hockey championship in Indianapolis history. We've added two more since with the USHL titles in 2009 and 2014, but this is the 20th anniversary of that championship season and that playoff run. Shortly after that title, Tony Uminski, who is the play-by-play voice of the ice for that season, 
recorded a retrospective of the year that included a lot of the highlights of that season. And I thought it'd be a good time to take a trip down memory lane and bring you Tony Uminski's retrospective of the 2000 Indianapolis Ice Miron Cup championship run. Columbus with the puck in the zone, cleared by McKenzie, but it goes up into the ice bench with 42 seconds left. Oh, so close. We are so close, folks. Unbelievable. Buck goes back into the Columbus zone. Higlin has it. Down to 35 seconds left in the third period. Jackson Heglin to Jason Given. Given has the puck on the wing. In the corner it goes to Brody Coffin. Coffin goes wide. 25 seconds left. A shorthanded goal for the ice there. Fourth of the playoffs. And now Peter Yass will clear it all the way back down. Willette has to make the stop with 15 seconds. The ice are going to win the Moran Cup. Can you believe it? Ten seconds left on the clock. The shot in. Morris puts it in the corner. Down to five seconds. Three, two, one. The Ice are the Central Hockey League champions. Unbelievable. The Ice celebrate. They just barely, Jamie Morris is barely visible down there on the ice. And Indianapolis has won the Central Hockey League championship. Coming back from three games and two down. After losing two in Indianapolis, the ice celebrates the Miron Cup championship. Oh, my, does it feel good. The team that was in last place at the end of the century ends up winning the Miron Cup in the new century. Three to nothing. The ice win game seven. We'll be back. You're listening to Ice Championship Hockey. Well, that was the amazing ending, the good part. Heck, that was the best part of the 1999-2000 season for the Indianapolis Ice. But there were parts along the way that were pretty good, too. There were some rough parts, though, as the Ice floundered to a season-low 12-17-1 record with a 6-3 loss on December 31st, 1999 in Topeka. But with the rising of the new millennium, came a stronger ice, a confident ice, the kind of ice you'd want in your hockey glass with the finest scotch. The season-ending championship game came in Game 7 in Columbus, Georgia. Ironically, it was the snake pit that gave life to the ice as the newborn CHL Indianapolis Ice played their first game in Columbus on October 16, 1999. Do you recall who scored the first ice goal and got the first ice assist? Puck in the corner. Played by the Snakes out to Mike Fershaw. He hit the point shot save. Rebound. Lou shot. Score! And the ice are on the board. Lou Bosch Kraskovic gets the first goal for the Indianapolis Ice. And it's going to come at the eight-minute mark of the first period. It's one to nothing. Kraskovic was in front. Got the rebound off the shot from Berger. And the ice are on the board. Indy began the CHL version of the Ice Age on October 23, 1999, 
and clobbered Memphis 6-3 before 8,023 fans at the Pepsi Coliseum. Only once did the ice venture above the 500 mark through the end of December. That was just before Thanksgiving, a 4-3 shootout win over Tulsa. But there were games to remember. Benoit Thibair posted three shutouts, one to nothing over Columbus, three to nothing in Macon, stopping 41 whoopee shots on December 9th, and six to nothing in San Antonio, that one a 42 save performance. If Ann Corbin had 31 goals and three hat tricks by the century's end, and heading into the millennium, Indianapolis had a four game losing streak, which saw them allow 20 goals and score only nine. Maybe the world would blow up on January 1st. It didn't. The ice stopped Topeka in a shootout 3-2 to at Pepsi Coliseum. They would not lose again until January 21st. The goal that turned the season around was scored on January 5th. And the ice will always remember the Alamo. Can't get a hold of it. Berger finally will drive it into the San Antonio corner. A minute 25 left in the third period. 3-3 hockey game. Put a minute to play in the third period. Here comes Bernie John for Indianapolis. Coming in, Bernie John tries to split the defense. Has it in escape. Puts it right in front. Hits the side of the net. Oh, that was close. Emersick in the corner. Finds McKenzie. It's in the San Antonio zone. McKenzie trying to get around Benninger. Down on top, it comes to Cousineau. Left side. Here's Bernie John moving in with a shot. He scores! Bernie John scores with 35 seconds left in the period. And the ice have taken a 4-3 lead. The ice trailed 3-1 in that game with about 8 minutes left when Chris McKenzie scored to make it 3-2. And Mike Berger scored with just over 3 minutes to go on a power play goal to set up Bernie John's heroics. The ice were on a four-game winning streak when they pulled into Wichita to play the Thunder on January 11th. Wichita jumped out to a 4-0 lead, only to have the ice storm back with six unanswered goals to win it, Sebastian Pajerski getting the game winner early in the third period. The victory brought the ice to the 500 mark on the year. They would never see it again after the most remarkable comeback win of the regular season, a four-goal come-from-behind victory. Comebacks were nothing new for the ice after an amazing 10-2 January. And little did they know that another exciting streak lay ahead, fueled by another incredible comeback against San Antonio. But this time, it was in front of 9,400 people at Conseco Fieldhouse, and Jamie Hearn scored the game-tying goal. 5.25 left in the third. Mike Torkoff with the puck in the Indianapolis zone. He comes to center. Mike Torkoff cross-ice to Hearn on the right wing. Hearn snaps it off. Scores! It's all tied up at 4-4. Four four. 5-15 left in the third period. Please, now you, you got to think that of the 9,400 people that were in the building last night, a few of those might come back. It was a pretty exciting hockey game from a fan standpoint. Well, you know, the encouraging part was we were walking down the hall to the dressing room after the game, and Sarah Jo uh, from Ticket Sales came up and said, Coach, great job. I'm sure you guys just sold another 500 tickets for Tuesday night just with the exciting play. And I said, well, from a fan perspective, we were really pleased with the game to make a comeback, and the shootout to me is really exciting. Right. And, uh, you know, I felt sorry for Jim Hallett. <laughs> he and Gary Pettigo came down to congratulate the boys in the, the locker room and 
Gary said to me, you know, he said, uh, Jim just takes this so seriously, we're going to have to start bringing a doctor to the games with us. And, and that's great, you know, that our owners have been terrific to us, and all the way down through Bradbury and his entire staff, everybody's been marvelous. It always helps when you're winning. It was nice of them to come in last night and congratulate everyone. And it eases the pain. You know, the guys are a little banged up. They're a little bit tired right now. And I hope everybody back home can understand that three games in three nights, four games in five nights, week after week, takes its toll on your hockey team. So, did the ice slug through the killer CHL schedule in February? Well, after the 5-4 to four shootout win over the San Antonio Iguanas, the ice would take another four straight games giving them a league-high eight-game winning streak. Included in the streak was an 8-2 to pounding of Memphis on February 13th, the Icemen's 13th consecutive win in Indianapolis, the longest home winning streak in CHL history. After the home streak was snapped by Topeka 5-2 to on February 25th, the Ice would win four more games to give them 12 wins in 13 contests. The 11th win looked to be a streak ender in Wichita, but Ivan Corbin would have none of that kind of talk. The Ice have a, a, a trail Oak City by a point in the standings. They trail Tulsa by two. They have games in hand on both. They have one game in hand on Oklahoma City, and they have two on Tulsa. But all that's kind of academic right now because the Ice have got to try to win this hockey game, at least try to force a shootout here. Trying to do that. 15.5 seconds left here in the third period. McKenzie on the draw with Kevin Powell. It's controlled by the ice. Bernie John has it. Cross ice to Corbin. He shoots it. Scores! He scores! And the ice have tied it up! Yvonne Corbin's first goal in three games. And with 10.7 seconds on the clock, the ice have tied it up. 6-6. Six to six. Corbin's mopped by his teammates on the ice. They've tied it up. With 10 seconds, Yvonne Corbin, his 54th goal of the year, beats Leslie on the glove side. And the ice have tied it with 10.7 on the clock. John and McKenzie, the assists at 19.49. Bernie John scored the game winner in the shootout for the 7-6 win. Incredible as it might sound, the ice put together another 10-2 month for February. Add the first two wins in March, and the ice were 22-4 since January 1st, and seriously challenging for the top spot in the West. But then, the cruise ship Indianapolis ice snuck off course as Indy stumbled in the rest of the month of March. A 10-5 pounding in Oklahoma City saw a stretch where the ice would go only 1-4-1 and, and allow 34 goals in those six games. But a 6-3 win in Topeka on March 23rd and a close 2-1 setback the next night in Oklahoma City seemed to recharge the ice batteries. A huge 3-1 win over Wichita in front of 8,022 fans of the Pepsi Coliseum gave the team momentum in a furious five-team battle for the four Western Division playoff spots. A two-and-two two final week saw the once last-place Indianapolis Ice finish second just four points out of first place. The Ice would open the playoffs 
against third place Tulsa on April 4th. The ice have a quick three on two if they hurry. Ganyas to Torkoff. Torkoff, every pass to Peter Yash tipped. Oh, Chapeau just tipped it enough to not get Peter Yash the goal. Here's Krajkovic in front. Ganyas, backhand shot, goal! Yanyas to the backhand, flips it up over Erickson. The ice have tied it up. Time to go coming at the 12-38 mark. A minute and 20 seconds after the Voss goal, the ice have come back to tie it. Yanyas with the first ice playoff goal in the Central Hockey League. Mike Torkoff plays it off the boards to center. Cook gloves it, puts it back on the ice. Torkoff tries to skate it through to uh, Peter Yass, and Yass has got a breakaway. He really shoots and scores! Yeah, Peter Yass has given the ice a one nothing lead in the playoffs. Three minutes and 43 seconds into overtime. Peter Yass scores, and the ice have won it. Three to two over the Tulsa Oilers. On his way down, he gets tripped up and still was able to get the puck past Erickson. And Peter Yass has won it for the ice. A one nothing series lead in game two tied at one, and a former Oiler who had not scored a goal during the regular season came back to haunt his former teammates. John tries to take it away from Lawrence, and he gets it out to center ice. Ten seconds left. It'll be a five-on-four for nine seconds. And now Bernie almost takes it away. McKenzie uh, steps on the puck. Oh, otherwise he would have been off to the races. And Villeneuve clears it. Eight seconds left on the Cousineau penalty, and the ice will be back at full strength, 5.58. Left in the first period. is tied at one, and now Jan Yas with the takeaway. Moving in. He fakes. He shoots. Oh, and uh, Erickson got a piece of it in front. Cousineau fans on the shot. Villeneuve with the shot. Hit the goal post and it goes in! Danny Villeneuve, who has not scored a goal all season, puts it in off the goal post. And the ice have taken a 2-1 to lead. The ice held off the Oilers for a 4-1 to game two lead, but things changed when the series shifted to Tulsa. Game three, the Oilers won three to nothing. And then game four, it was a five to one win over the ice. Tulsa outscores Indianapolis eight to one in Oklahoma. They both teams came back for game five and things felt to get a little rough. Cook, he's just slashed by Beausoleil. And here comes Shaffin. Not a Yanyas. Yas tries to get around Reed. He's punched in the face by Reed. Buck on the boards. The ice on the power play. Trying to keep it in. And now a penalty coming up as Reed got his stick up and he nagles. And now Lawrence just goes nuts on Shaftman. He just punches Shaftman in the face. Get that idiot off the ice. Oh, my goodness. Doug Lawrence, get him off the ice. Just started punching Shaftman and he'll get away with it. I guarantee you he'll get away with it. Doug Lawrence can do anything he wants on the ice. It is just absolutely unbelievable. The ice get a four-minute major 
double minor called on Tulsa as Jan Jaskett hit in the face with a stick. But Doug Lawrence goes completely ballistic on Todd Shaftnett, and he's still on the ice. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. He has got complete immunity. He could go out there. He could go out there with a gun and shoot somebody, and he would be exonerated. He, he no one would see it. It is just unbelievable how Doug Lawrence. He's been doing it for eight years in this league, and for some reason they protect him. I don't know why. Hammersack has got Chapeau all over him. Still comes away with it. Chapeau knocks him down. Play comes back the other way. Bernie John stops it. Slaps it right back in again. 2.45 left in the first period. 3 to nothing is the score. Oilers get the puck to center ice. Dan Villeneuve trying to get a play it away from Doug Lawrence. It's in the neutral zone. And it's played by Villeneuve to Corbin. Corbin will find McKenzie. Poked away by Villeneuve. I'll make that uh, Beausoleil. And now here comes McKenzie. McKenzie at center. Still has the puck. McKenzie on the wing in front. Emerson has to go with the backhand. Finds Bernie John moving in. He shoots. He scores! Four to nothing. 2.15 left in the first period. Bernie John, tremendous gracious. Waited, waited. Finally, Ronan went down and he shot it in the empty net. His first of the playoffs. The ice went on to wallop the Tulsa Oilers in game 5-7 to nothing. Up next, the Oklahoma City Blazers. 6.26 left in the third. McKenzie gets punched. Turns around and he whacks somebody. He's right in the middle of it. Chris McKenzie, right in front of the Blazer bench, is attacked by two or three of them. And then Ken Boone gets a punch in the face from Brookbank. Brookbank and Bruce staring at each other. Brookbank wants to go, and now half of the Blazer team is trying to get at Chris McKenzie. And Boone and Brookbank are all by themselves. Boone doesn't want to go. Brookbank keeps taunting him. Brookbank keeps hitting him with a stick. And now he just attacked Ken Boone. Ken Boone wants to get away from him. should give him a penalty, though. Brookbank probably won't get a penalty. Six twenty-six left in the third period. I'm not going to hate to see how Amen is going to see this one. And McKenzie was just getting beat on in front of the Blazer bench by about four guys. And I guess he's going to get a penalty for taking a punch. And Brookbank will probably get away with it. He was just all over Ken Boone. And Boone wanted no part of him right now. There's six minutes and 26 seconds left in the third period of the first game of the playoffs. And it'd be just like Ken Boone's luck to get a penalty here. Everybody thinks he's being a, being a chicken for not taking him on, but you look at the clock and what's the sense? Ken Boone's having a terrific game tonight. 6.26 left in the third period. Boone goes down to talk to, to Morris. The Blazer fans really giving it to Boone, but I'll tell you, Kenny Boone showing an awful lot of poise, let me put it that way. And doing the old chicken thing with him, but boy, I tell you, 
I bet you can't do it and shut him up. He'd just beat the snot out of Wade Brookbank. That'd be fun. That'd be quieter than a be quieter than a Morgan here. Six twenty six left in the third. Abear's taking his uh, taking a lifetime. Let's take a break. Over the ice net in the corner. Henderson has it taken away by McKenzie. The puck in the ice zone. Henderson with a shot. It goes up over the net. Boy, Morris never shot. Puck at the side of the ice net. The Blazers trying to pass it in front. Cousineau working it on the boards. 18 seconds. The Blazers still have possession. McKenzie gets it over to Pajerski. Down to 13 seconds. The ice with one more rush. Buhler has to make the stop on the shot by Pajerski. Corbin almost intercepts with five seconds left. He scores! Corbin scores with four seconds on the clock and the ice lead at three to two. Oh, my goodness. The ice put the puck on this. And Corbin finds a way to beat Bueller. It's three to two. With 4.3 seconds left and this place is stunned. The ice never gave up on the puck. 1956. 1956. The clock stops or starts, and that'll do it. The Ice have won it in dramatic style here at the Marriott Convention Center on the goal by Ivan Corbin. They rushed up the ice, and they were able to get a shot on. Buller makes the stop, puts the puck in the corner. Everybody else is thinking, okay, we're going to go to overtime, and then Corbin was able to bat in the puck. And the Ice have taken a one nothing lead in this series, and we play game two on Sunday night. Game two in Oklahoma City, and Jamie Morris, the Ice goaltender, keeping the Ice in the hockey game. Five and a half left in the second, Johnson. And a steam coming down the right side, centering pass. What a stop by Morris! Oh, he got the stick down on the pinwheel save. Oh, what a great save by Jamie. Oh, my goodness. Icing is the call. Perfect pass to Gendron, took the shot, and Morris just threw the stick up and got it out of there. 5-16 left in the second period. Oklahoma City scored the first goal again, but Bernie John tied it up in the third period on a power play. 1-1 going into overtime. Butler, Butler on the left, puts it in front, knocked away by Bernie, out to the point. Fleck with the shot, knocked away by Bernie. Corbin has the puck, he's got a 2-1-1 with Peter Yash. Corbin is in. The Yas shot. Stopped by Stelianko as he stacked the pad. It's free in front. Corbin is there. He scores! He scores and the ice have won it! 3.45 left in overtime and the ice have won it. Ivan Corbin waited in front and put it up over Filiatro and the ice have won it again. On the goal by Ivan Corbin. And the Ice go back home with a 2-0 lead in the series. Ivan Corbin in front puts it up into the top shelf, and the Ice have won it in overtime. The time of the goal will be at the 16-15 mark of sudden death. 2-1 Ice. We'll be back. You're listening to Ice Playoff Hockey. Good stop there by Filiato. He's been great since the uh, first shot got by him. He is uh, was not supposed to start. That had me concerned right off the bat. Scott Buehler was supposed to get the start, but his equipment was lost by the folks at TWA, and as a result.
Harold Filiatro uh, has, uh, has the start, and he's been superb, as has Jamie Morris. A 1-1 hockey game here in the third period just underway. Puck goes back out to the point. John with the shot! Scores! Right off the face-off. Goes over the shoulder of Filiatro, and the ice have a 2-1 lead. Pediasis, is two goals, two assists. He's been kind of sitting on that since uh, the Tulsa series. Puck in the corner, played there by Sauter. Sauter has trouble with it. The puck's still on the boards. Jan Yash tries to put it in front. Sauter comes up with it, floats it around the board. Shafted on the left point, keeps the puck in the zone. On the left wing now to Peter Yass in front. Save made as Filiato got the left pad down. Peter Yass has it, looking in front. The Kraschkovic, he scores! Rubars, Kraschkovic! Puts the puck by Filiatro on a great pass from the corner by Peter Yass in the ice. Have a two-goal lead with 14-16 left in the period. The ice held on to win 3-1 to one in Game 3 and win the series, sweeping the Blazers by a three-zip count. On to the finals against the Columbus Cottonmouths and Peter Yass, who set up Lubas Kraskovic for the final goal of Game 3, Kind of puts the whole season and playoffs in perspective. And plus, the additions that were made uh, during the course of the season were uh, uh, were really encouraging to us. And uh, the record was uh, um, not really the indication of what kind of a team we had up until uh, about New Year's or so. Uh, but everything just started falling in place for us uh, um, right after New Year's. And uh, we went on a couple of huge streaks there. And, uh, uh, you know, we just showed the potential that the team had. And... Uh, and uh, we showed no reason uh, why we couldn't play that way uh, during the whole season and during the playoffs. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, as you know yourself, uh, the race uh, in our division was uh, really tight till the end of till the last game, basically. And it was anybody's game for that matter. And, uh, and uh, you know, everybody's really uh, uh, matched up equally, I think, uh, as far as our division is concerned. And uh, that's just uh, the way the series will go, too. Marcel Richard centers it into the box and it's cleared to center ice. Corbin has it coming down the left side. Ivan Corbin trying to get around Kemper. Corbin flips it in front. Here's McKenzie with a shot. He scores! And the ice is taking a one to nothing lead and the shorthanded goal by Chris McKenzie. 39 seconds left on the penalty to Mike Berger and the ice have taken a one to nothing lead. Ken Boone scored at 6-16 of the third period. That gave the ice a 2-0 lead. They would hold on for a Game 1 victory in the finals in Columbus, 2-1 over the Cottonmouths. Game 2 went to Columbus, 5-1, and the series shifted back to Indianapolis for Games 3, 4, and 5 at the Pepsi Coliseum. Giannis has to go outside the zone, so Peter has to clear. And the puck controlled by Indianapolis, Bernie John has it. John drops it to Peter Yass. Blast away! Scores! Peter Yass just overpowered Willette with that shot. He goes top shelf. And the ice have tied it up. It's 2-2 two two with 15-27 left in the period. John, that's center ice. On the left side for Ivan Corbin. Corbin gets around one man, tries to center it to McKenzie. Kept in. Good hustle by Cousineau. Cousineau goes wide. Cousineau goes behind the net in front. Shot! Chris McKenzie at the center of the net. Bangs it in and the ice have won it. 
3-0 in overtime. 2-1, they lead the finals. The ice with a 3-2 win with 5.47 left in overtime. And what a great play by Dan Cousineau at the blue line to keep the puck in the zone. He goes behind the net, puts it in front, touched in by Chris McKenzie, and the ice win it. In sudden death overtime, Indianapolis 3, Columbus 2. The Snakes stunned the ice in games four with their own 3-2 overtime win. Per Fernhall getting the game winner in overtime. And in game five, Frank Willette took over 33 saves. Shuts out Indianapolis one to nothing. The series going back to Columbus for game six. And if needed, game seven with Columbus leading the series three games to two. There's a great deal of pride and our team has responded tremendously over the season when our backs are to the wall. And I think the fact that they're loose, the fact that they are uh, very proud of the organization of playing for the Indianapolis Ice and to be here, the accomplishment of being here in the finals is enough to give them that inspiration to play well tonight. And, um, you know, we're in for the fight of our life tonight. I hope we have a great performance. I hope we get a few bounces and provide game seven. And we're very proud to be here, but that's not good enough. We know that there's a job left undone. And uh, to come in here and play tonight's game, play it with everything that we have, don't leave anything in the tank, and we can create a game seven. And, and that's the scenario we want, Tony. Here's uh, Krasnick with the puck in the corner, tries to move it in front. Peter Yaz has it. Peter on the left wing, trying to get around. Krasnick, but in front and they score! The ice are up one and nothing. Tipped in by Jan Yas. A minute 56 left in the third period, 4 to 2 Indianapolis. Powers goes behind his own net, 38 seconds left in the McKenzie penalty. His out pass hits the back of the skate of Ryan Ikea. Ikea gets the pass to Martins, and Martins now comes to center. Fernhall on the right side, the three shot, his shot misses. On the stick side, still in the ice zone. Martins has it high in the zone, top of the face-off circle. On the right side, Ikea flips it in, knocked down by Shafton. Up in the face-off circle. Shafton trying to get a hold of it. Flager's there at the side of the net on the wing board. Corbin trying to get to it. He can. He's held up by Martin. Six seconds in the power play. Andy Powers has it. On the left wing of shard. Back to Powers. Stopped it with his skate. The ice is back at both legs. But he's gone. We'll send it to the of the ice. Looking for the open goal. McKenzie is there. He shoots and hits the goal post. Bucks high in the zone. And PDR shoots it down the length of the ice. And it's in the net. We are going to a game seven. Five to two, the ice with their first shot on goal in the third period. Score into an empty net and Peter Yas. Two goals tonight. The stake pit and the Indianapolis Ice are getting ready for game seven of the uh, championship series. And here we are, man, I tell you. Um, looking back on it, uh, back in December when things were, were looking kind of bleak and we're looking, I think both of us were looking at the want ads and, and just to make sure. Uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, the team catches fire and you're here in the finals and, uh, game seven. How does, how does everybody feel right now? Well, you know, I'm sure there's a, a an amount of nervousness in the room. Uh, the guys have been very confident on this trip down. They handled it very well coming here. They had a tremendous game last evening, uh, showed good energy. Uh, showed good discipline. Even though we encountered a lot of penalties, I thought our discipline was tremendous. 
Uh, there's a good mindset in the room. They know that uh, anything can happen in Game 7. We've got just as much chance to win as the home team Columbus does. And I know how much they want it. And I know how much I can taste it. But, uh, you know, what happens on the ice sometimes, it's a bounce here or a break there. And, and uh, we just have to go for the gusto and, and give it the best we can. And how sweet would it be after the shaky start we had this season, coming into a new league, uh, trying to find our way through to compete. And uh, very fitting that we started in Columbus our first game, and here we are ending the last game of the season in Columbus on May 12th. So a real tribute to the guys and to the organization that we're still playing. When you look back on the season, and this is, I don't mean to be nostalgic or whatever, but was there any one particular moment that you remember that kind of sticks out and, and says that uh, this is this is a, one of the reasons why I like being a coach and why I like doing what I'm doing? Well, you know, there's a number of things that uh, have happened. Uh, I think two of the games that I remember coming back to uh, overcome serious deficits, uh, Wichita, we're down 4 nothing. Come back to win that game 6-4. Uh, San Antonio, we were down 3-1, and uh, we won that game 5-3, I think. So it was just uh, just kind of miraculous victories, and it showed the character of the team. Um, one of the things that it, it, that was counterproductive was we start to feel that we could play a slow first half of the game, and, and we were invincible. We could come back on anybody. But it did give us that that good spurt of confidence. Uh, the season that some of our players have had, you know, the, the tremendous season of uh, Corbin and McKenzie, um, the tremendous season for Bernie John, uh, the first half of the year for Benny T-Bear, the, the, uh, the second half of the year in the playoff run for Jamie Morris. Uh, they're all highlights. Uh, Conseco playing in front of the big crowds down there. Um, you, know, you know, what a dream that was. Um, you know, I guess I could go on and on with some of the spectacular moments, but uh, Game 5 against Tulsa, I think we showed how much we wanted it. I, th I think we showed our true determination that night. Uh, it could have been the end, and here we are still battling uh, games later. <laughs> and uh, got a chance to win the championship our first year in the league. May never get this chance again. So it's really sweet, it's really important, and I have to get that across to the players. Well, I think one of the nice things that I've noticed, and I think it reflects well on you as a coach, is that just about everybody in the room has had career years this year, and that I think gives, you, gives uh, to me anyway, the perspective that you uh, give the players a lot to, 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 to work with. And uh, I just want to let you know that it's been a great year for me, a uh, great ride, and uh, you've been a big part of that, and I appreciate all the support that you've given me for the broadcast. But also it was a lot of fun doing the coaching show, and we've uh, we've had a great time this year. Well, Tony, as, as I've told you personally, away from uh, the microphone, it's just been an honor working with you. But uh, our fan base is so tremendous. Uh, the fans have stuck with us. They gave us a chance to prove that Central Hockey League would be good hockey. Uh, the coaches show was tremendous fun for me. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, we had some good Sundays off this year, and we always look forward to Monday having the coaches show, and I miss it. But... Uh, you know, to the entire organization and everybody out there that's watched us play or listened to us or followed us, uh, thank you for everything they've done for us, and I really appreciate it. All right, Rod Davidson, good luck. Game 7. Thanks, Tony. We'll take a break and come back. You're listening to Ice Championship Hockey. Puck control by Columbus. They'll dump it into the ice zone. Now we've got a whistle and a penalty right off the bat. Got an elbowing call. 
And it's up against uh, Ty Schaffner. So Rush Johnson got the whistle working early. Seven seconds into the hockey game. And the ice get a penalty. First rush up ice for Columbus, and Indianapolis is shorthanded. Diane Everett is our contestant for the Guess the Shots contest. She guesses 28. Good luck tonight. Our last Guess the Shots contest again for an RCA prize package. McKenzie and Corbin trying to kill off the penalty along with Villeneuve, and Dan will take the faceoff pass and knock it the length of the ice. A minute 50 left on the power play for Columbus. They have the puck at center ice intercepted by Chris McKenzie. Plays it back to Villeneuve. And they'll loft it into the Columbus corner. 21.7% overall for Columbus in the finals. 18 of 83. They are 6 of 36 in the finals. 18 of 83 in the playoffs. Lose possession at the ice blue line. And Bernie John plays it back to the corner. A minute 28 on the power play. Picked up now by Andy Powers. Powers to Richard coming in the zone. The shot kicked away by Morris. High rebound cleared by Villeneuve. All the way back to Frankie Ouellette. Plays it to Ryan Akia. Puck comes in on the right side, or left side. It's Martins with the puck. Martins, challenged by McKenzie, tries to get it free. Does, but it goes back to Akia at the point. Puck goes to Bouchard. Bouchard out on the point. Cleared over the red, over the blue line, and Andy Powers has to go back for it. He's badgered by Corman all the way up ice. And the puck back to center. Here comes Akia with 45 seconds on the power play. Akia inside the blue line. Slaps it around the boards. Jerome Bouchard can't get to it. Up the wing. Corbin to Villeneuve. And Villeneuve out to center. 30 seconds on the power play. Seven seconds into the game. The ice get a penalty. They can't clear it as Andy Powers comes out. And oh, what a check by Villeneuve. Powers went up. Head over heels right over the back of Dan Villeneuve. Great check there with 19 seconds left in the power play. Here comes Akia on the right side. His pass does not connect. No icing for some reason. Puck in the ice zone. It goes up. Kept in at the point. Here's Powers with a shot through the crease. That misses. On the right side, it's Shonick. Puts it around behind the boards. Cheeseman puts it in front. Carrier cleared away by the ice, and here comes Cousineau. Back the other way. The ice has killed off the penalty. Shafted with the shot. It's blocked. Puck still in the Columbus zone, and coming back the other way is Chiefman. One-on-one with Rikas. Doesn't, char- doesn't challenge him. He just dumps it in, and everybody changes. Arvid Rikas behind his own net. Gets away from the forechecking of Jason Given. is taken away by Fernall. Given in the corner behind the ice net. Puts it in front. Rikas knocks it away. Plays it off the boards to center. Here comes Landry. He's got Davidson trailing the play. Landry with a shot. Save and the rebound. Knocked away. Puck behind the net. Good opportunity there. Ice keep it in. Boone. Knocked over by Mann and a penalty coming up. 17.07 left in the first period. And now Russ Johnson is giving an interference penalty to Yaroslav Karestis. And the ice will go on the power play. Eric Landry with a good opportunity there on a great pass out by Arvin Rikas who came, sent the puck out to the red line. There was Landry in full stride. Going down the left wing, he took the quick shot and Willette was able to make the stop. Ice on the power play now with McKenzie, Corbin, and Emersek. The ice kill off the first Columbus 
power play opportunity. In all seven games, Columbus has had the first power play. Bernie John has it. Now to Corbin. On the right wing, Evan Corbin. Down low to McKenzie. Moves in with the shot. Save the rebound. Also stopped by Willette and a cross-check by Bouchard. Puts McKenzie on his knees in the crease. A minute 51 left on the power play. 16-57 left first period. From Columbus, Georgia. Game 7 of the Marad Cup Championships. It's been a great series. Show you how close it's been. Columbus has 14 goals. The Ice have 13 goals. Buck controlled off the faceoff. Behind the Columbus net by the Snakes, and they clear it past Torkoff at the point. The puck hits the linesman, and that slows down uh, Bichard, who almost would have had a break. Here comes Bernie John back the other way on the right wing. McKenzie in the zone, goes deep into the corner. McKenzie behind the net. The Torkoff with a shot from a wide angle, kept in by Corbin. Face-off circle, now to Emersack, Blige. Behind his back to McKenzie, behind the... Columbus net. Corbin has it on the right wing. McKenzie and Corbin play catch with it. Evan has it now to McKenzie. Down low. Out on top to Bernie. Bernie looking in front and now he loses his edge. Bouchard going up the ice. He's hit off the puck by McKenzie and Bouchard dives as soon as McKenzie touched him. Fans wanting a penalty. Bouchard going off the high board. Puck comes into the Columbus zone. The ice still on the power play. And it's cleared to center ice. Cousineau plays it over to Bernie. Now to Corbin. Corbin is inside the zone with 40 seconds still on the power play. Aikia high off the glass. Bounces it all the way back to the ice zone. Scoreless hockey first period. Ice now with three shots on goal and one for Columbus. Ice still have 28 seconds to work on the power play, which is... Which scored last night. They are 5-1 and one when they score on the power play in a game in the playoffs. Bernie John has the puck, tries to center. It's taken away by Richard and cleared to center. Coming up with it is Cousineau down to nine seconds left with the extra skater. Ice have the puck as PDS comes up with it at center. And he'll float it into the near corner off the glass on the rail. Columbus back at full strength. Puck in the zone. Peter Yas with a shot. Just misses. Corbin was in the vicinity, but he couldn't get a stick on it. Puck cleared all the way down the length of the ice. Cousino with a touch, and uh, we'll have an icing call. Continues. They come up the center into the ice zone. Given has the puck knocked off of his stick by Arvid Rikas, who puts the puck in between a couple of snakes all the way back into the Columbus zone. Scooped up by Carestes on the wing board. Given plays it out to center. Onto the stick a pair of Fernhall, and Fernhall on the right side. That's it over to Carestes, and Carestes dumps it into the ice zone. Played between the rings by Orikas. There goes Given diving along as uh, Lubash Kraskovic dared to touch him, and he almost goes flying like he'd been hit by a Mack truck. Puck out to center ice. Here comes Peter Yas with a long shot, misses. Davidson in. Kraskovic keeps it in with a quick shot and a pad saved by Willette. Puck kept in on the left point. Shot save made. Off the stick of Bernie John. And Willette able to glove it for the faceoff with 13.55 left in the period. Once again, Monday night, win or lose, we'll have an end-of-the-season party with the ice at the Pan Am Plaza, downtown Indianapolis. From 7.30 to 9.30, 
You'll be able to skate down there. The skating will be free. Bring your own skates if you if you need to rent skates. You'll have to rent them there from the from the folks at the Pan Am Building for a slight cost. But um, if you do have skates, bring them on down. And win or lose, that's Monday night, nine 7:30 to 9:30. Linesman in the way. The puck still in the Columbus zone. Davidson gets on side. The linesman was all over the puck, and the fans getting all over the linesman. Columbus knocks the puck to center ice, and yeah. All right, looks like uh, we got some angry tempers on the ice. Von Hilgen is going to go off as he rams Ken Boone into the boards. So the ice will get another power play opportunity with 13-17 left in the first period. Cover up on the south side there. Sounds like he got some pretty nasty weather. And hopefully uh, everything will be fine there, a tornado warning in Indiana. So batten down the hatches and keep the radio on for other emergency announcements. We'll keep you in, keep you posted throughout this game. Puck in the ice zone. They have the power play. Ron Hilgen goes off. McKenzie drop pass for Corman at the zone blue line. At the red line, plays it back to Bernie John. Who skates into the zone. John to McKenzie, plays it out to Emerson in the corner. Chris McKenzie pushed off the puck by Heglin. Puck behind the net, Corbin run over by Heglin. They battle for it in the corner. And they send it around on the wing. Bernie John tries to play it in, but it's knocked out by Crimmin off into the ice zone. Crimmin falls down. Boy, I tell you, those guys get wet. Crimmin takes the puck away. They'd be a better hockey team if they just stay on their skates instead of trying to get penalties called all night. Puck put on the left wing where Torkoff takes it with a minute 11 left here in the power play. Torkoff gets the puck in the zone. Emersek plays it back to McKenzie. On the right side to Corbin. Corbin to Bernie John high in the blue line. Corbin top of the faceoff circle. McKenzie back to Corbin. Corbin looking. Bernie John on the left side. Back to Corbin up high in the slot. Doesn't get much on the shot. Keeps the puck in the zone. They battle for possession. It goes into the corner. Corbin works hard to get it in front. Hammersack shoots, and he scores! Hammersack scores on the power play! And the ice have taken a one nothing lead. Great pass from behind the net by Chris McKenzie, and great work by Corbin to keep the puck in the zone. The ice have taken a one nothing lead. Flash Hammersack from McKenzie and Corbin. Mack had it behind the net. Passed it out, a beautiful play, and Emersek was able to pop it in. What's that? Oh, yeah. Uh, Emersek, that's his first goal since April 5th in the uh, second game of the Tulsa series. Of course, that's the first time he scored with a broken jaw, too. I may have had something to do with it. Bucket center ice played into the corner by Columbus, and we've got a whistle on a two-line offside pass, and the faceoff is going to come back to the Columbus zone. Before we get too far along, I want to uh, send along our season-ending thanks to a bunch of people. We'll be doing that throughout the broadcast. First off, our friends at Cool 101.9. Bruce the Radio Pirate, the Mighty Quinn. Everybody over there at uh, 101.9. Dale Edwards for his work earlier in the year. And Tim Lieber throughout the season, uh, postseason. Tremendous job and a great working relationship with those folks. Thanks a lot for a great season. Puck in play. Play behind the Columbus net. Heglin has it taken away by Boone, but 
Columbus does recover. Doug Mann in the corner. Run by Landry. Down goes Mann. Looking for a call. My goodness. These guys, do they get wet. Oh, my goodness. Do they get wet. Come on, Doug. Get up real slow now. Boy, you think they're a bunch of soccer players or something. My goodness. No offense to soccer players in the listening audience, but... I've seen quite a few soccer games. My son, a, a, a state regional player in Texas, and uh, so I watched a lot of soccer games with him. And I've seen the kids just go flying in the air on television. You ever see those uh, the English league players? They just go flying in the air. You think that they were just crippled, and uh, they get right up. Everything's fine as soon as the red card comes out, and that's exactly. Oh, Doug may have just spit it at uh, Johnson, Rush Johnson. Doug Mann wanting to get the penalty. These guys just are, are something else. Puck is controlled by the ice. It goes into the far corner. On it there is Cheeseman. He'll send it around on the right wing boards. Coming out on the left side now is Jason Given. Tied up by Kraschkiewicz from behind. Kraschkiewicz pushes him down. They want a penalty there. Puck still in the zone. Played behind the ice net by Fernhall. He's tied up by Arikas. Up the wing boards. Can't clear. Shona keeps it in. Gets it by Pierski, the puck on the wing. Marika slaps it around the boards. Karestis works it on the right point behind the ice net. Centered in front. Taken away and cleared by Peter Yas to Cousineau. Dan Cousineau, one-on-one on Shonick. Cousineau with a shot and a save. Has to be made by Walletti. Had no idea where it was. Nice rush up the ice by Cousineau with 10.42 left in the first period. The ice have outshot Columbus 7-1. They lead one to nothing. Hot off the boards into the onto the wing. Bouchard sends it around to the right wing side. Blige Emersek trying to get to it. Misjudged the uh, oval over there. And Columbus gets to it first. Bernie clears it to the point but not out. Kept in as uh, Bouchard tries to backhand it in. It goes right to Bouchard. The shot save made by Jamie Morris. As Bouchard and Emersek take a look at one another. Ten minutes straight up left here in the period. Mack on the draw with Bouchard, and the puck is controlled by Bouchard, who takes a shot, and it goes away. Boy, Morris just tipped it away. That was close. Corbin doesn't see the puck. Powers from the point. Shot save made again by Morris. McKenzie can't clear. Kept in by uh, Richard. Marcel Richard puts it in front. Save made by Morris as he puts the paddle on the ice, and the ice come back two on two. Here comes Corbin in the zone. Gets it over to Boone, but it's intercepted and cleared. Back the other way. Coming down the right wing. It's Martins with a blast and a save. Made the penalty coming up on. I believe it's going to be against the ice. 9.29 left in the first period. A 1-0 lead for the ice. Bernie John has the puck. He'll rim it around the boards, and it gets by Andy Powers all the way back to the Columbus corner. They'll set it up behind their own net. Ryan Akia. Four powers. Powers usually a forward, but he's been pressed into service with the injury to Mitch Kemper. Here comes Powers in with the shot. It gets tipped up over the net by Bernie Johnstick. Puck in the ice corner. Flager has it behind the ice net. Grimman puts it in front, but McKenzie will loft it down the length of the ice. 8.56 left in the period. 1.26 on the power play for Columbus. Game seven. The winner raises the cup tonight. The loser goes home and thinks about it for the summer. There's Bernie John taking the puck and putting it in and almost putting it in the net. Boy, Willette had to do some acrobatics there. That would have been embarrassing. 
as Bernie just slapped it in and it skidded on him right there in front. The shot by Plager. Paddle save again by Morris, and the puck comes out the center on the stick of McKenzie. Fritz finds Bernie John with the puck inside the blue line with the shot and the save made by Willette, and he'll hang on. No rebound for Peter Yas. Also want to thank our season ticket holders. Boy, I tell you, that was a leap of faith. Going from the IHL to the CHL, not knowing what was going to happen, and uh, you're rewarded with the championship series season. Here come the ice. Rikus on the left wing. He'll power the shot. It's deflected, and Willette covers it up as it doesn't have much oomph on it by the time he got to Willette. 434 left in the uh, first period. Season ticket holders asked to uh, accept the new brand of hockey, and uh, well, the ice gave you a pretty good show, I think. At least after the century was over. <laughs> the Ice Booster Club. Club President Judy and all the good people there that made me feel at home. Good deal. The puck rolled in on Jamie Morris. He's way out of the net. Pokes it up the wing very nicely. Just inside the blue line so he can hustle back in time as Jan Yas comes down the right wing trying to play it around Shonick. Shonick gets it away from him. Puts it in the far corner. Peter Yas crashed big over trying to get a hold of it but now it's cleared to center. Going back for it is Arikas. Ironman Arikas. Dumps it just inside the Columbus blue line. Four minutes and three seconds left in the first period. The pass by Von Hilgen almost didn't get there, but it does. And tracked down by Shafton, who puts it all the way back into the Columbus zone. And they're going to call it icing. Caresti's with the touch. 3.52 left in the first period. Mentioning the Ice Booster Club and uh, all the fine people there that uh, came out uh, religiously out to Huey's on Monday nights for the coaches' show. Good meeting with them all the time, and Jeff Wanzer and uh, Elisa Stott, good bunch of folks there. Tina Young, good, uh, good having them, and good, uh, good friendships developed there during the season. The Thomases, and uh, if I forget your name, I apologize, but uh, if I don't mention you here, there's too many people really to to thank, but. Uh, a lot of great people that we met uh, in the Booster Club and also at Huey's during the season. I uh, want to thank our sponsors who uh, put their money up and uh, kept the ice on the ice with some uh, another leap of faith there from the corporate side. want to thank our sponsors throughout the season. Terrific work. Plager off the draw gets a weak shot off that Morris has trouble with. He's tied up behind the net by Derek Crimmin, but the ice cleared the puck on the stick of Torkoff. He'll fire it in from outside the blue line. Willette drops it, sends it out to center ice. Shafton can't control it. It comes down the wing. Torkoff gets over there, and he can't clear it, but he still has the puck. Torkoff slams it around the boards. It hits the glass and goes out to center at a 45-degree angle. 319 left in the period. The ice lead it one to nothing. Put it on net. It hit the side of the net. 13-8 shots on goal in the first period. And the ice will have a minute and 30 seconds of power play time when we start the second period. Puck dropped at center ice. The ice have the power play for the next 125 as the puck is in the zone. Emersek holds up on the left wing boards. Gets it to Ivan Corbin. Corbin out on top to Torkoff. Right side, here comes Bernie John. Left side to Torkoff. Back to Bernie at the blue line. On the right wing, top of the faceoff circle, it's McKenzie. Down low to Corbin. Corbin has it. Skates up the wing. Down low to McKenzie. Chris at the side of the net. Puts it out to Bernie John at the right point. 
Burning, there's still no shot. On the right side, Corbin. He'll fire it. Save made the rebound. McKenzie shoots and scores! On the power play, the ice take a two to nothing lead. 39 seconds into the period. Corbin, the shot, and the rebound went behind the net. McKenzie picked it up, and just as he was getting whacked, moved in front and put the puck in the empty net. And the ice have a two to nothing lead. 39 seconds into the period. 19:01 left in the second period. The ice up two to nothing. This is game seven. Puck is in the Columbus zone, and Andy Bowers comes to center ice. Pops it over the stick of Bernie John. All the way back and behind the ice net. Poked up the boards by Morris. Intercepted by Carestes. Kept in by the Snakes. But Morris, I mean, uh, Bernie John intercepts. Bouchard on the wing. Puts it on. Blocker pad saved by by Morris. The puck in the corner. Grimmin behind the net. Gets it over to Plager. Plager still has the puck. Plager looks in front. Knocked away in the ice. Coming back. McKenzie and Corbin looking for a two-on-one. And McKenzie can't get the puck to Corbin. Oh, that would have been a nice play break there. As the puck is at the Columbus blue line. Andy Powers finds Plager at the blue line. And he'll dump it into the ice zone. Bernie John behind the net. 11.40 left in the second period. Two to nothing. Indianapolis. Puck in the ice line. Here's Fernall trying to move in. Takes a shot that Emersack blocks into the corner. Puck still in the zone. Von Hilgen puts it in front. Knocked away. McKenzie right in front. Almost loses possession of the puck. And Morris ties up the puck. Martins with the puck around the boards. Now to Cheeseman in the, on the right side. He clears it out to center. Martins will send Richard down the right wing. A shot blocker pad saved by Morris up the boards. Puck in the stick of Torkov. He tries to clear it. Can't do it. Kept in at the point. Fakia puts it in front. The shot just wide. Cheeseman couldn't find the open door. Ice can't clear it. Akia keeps it in. Puck on the left wing. Puts it in front. Shaftman is there. Ty Shaftman will stick handle the center. All down. Then he takes Martins down, who falls down and dives. And then Boone tries the same thing. Rush Johnson saying, nope. Good call there. Follett is there, and he sends it up the wing boards where Krasjevic is waiting. Krasjevic, side of the net to Peter Yass. Yass in front. It's in the slot. Rikas with the shot. Oh, it hits Frankie Ouellet right in the chest and knocks him over. Here comes Von Hilgen with the shot. Save the re... Poked away by Corbin. Emersek crushed. Shot saved. The rebound stopped by Morris. Great save by Morris on the rebound attempt by Krimen. Oh, my goodness. That was close. Down to 10 seconds. Here comes Cheeseman on the left wing. Cheeseman will take the shot. It's blocked. The rebound knocked away by McKenzie. McKenzie will float at the center with two seconds, one second. That'll do it. Second period is over. All right, we are back. 1.31 left on the third period clock. The ice lead it 2 to nothing, But Columbus has been given a power play. Ivan Corman off for holding. And Columbus has taken Willette out of the net already. They're going to have a six on four, which means the ice can ice the puck, and there will be no icing. With the, with the penalty, there's no icing. Everybody on their feet. McKenzie with the draw. Can't come up with it. It goes out to the point. Here's the shot. Locked in front. 
Cleared to center ice by Bernie John as he sprawls and clears it. Gets away from one man. Peter Yass puts it up front. Here comes uh, McKenzie to Peter Yass. He takes the shot. He scores! He scores! The ice go up three to nothing on the open net. The ice up three to nothing with one minute left in this game. Peter Yass puts the puck in the open net and the ice are up three to nothing with one minute left in this hockey game. And now Peter Yass will clear it all the way back down. Willette has to make the stop with 15 seconds. The ice are going to win the Moran Cup. Can you believe it? Ten seconds left on the clock. The shot in. Morris puts it in the corner. Down to five seconds. Three, two, one. The ice are the Central Hockey League champions. Unbelievable. The ice celebrate. They just barely, Jamie Morris is barely visible down there on the ice. And Indianapolis has won the Central Hockey League championship. Coming back from three games and two down after losing two in Indianapolis. The ice celebrate the Miron Cup championship. Oh, my, does it feel good. The team that was in last place at the end of the century ends up winning the Miron Cup in the new century. Three to nothing. The ice win game seven. And that is Tony Uminski with a look back at the 1999-2000 Indianapolis Ice. What a special team that was. 39-28-3 in the regular season on January 1st. They came into the new year 12-17-2, which meant they went... 27, 11, and 1 from January 1st on. And then after dropping two games in Tulsa, they came back to Indy for game five. That's when Jamie Morris took over the net, had a shutout in game five to clinch the series against Tulsa, and then four goals in three games, a sweep of Oklahoma City, and then was fantastic in the final against Columbus. Only allowed more than two goals in regulation once in 11 playoff starts that playoff year going eight and three that season in the postseason and leading the ice to a championship. Look at the number of guys from that team who have remained in Indianapolis and they've given back to their community. Many of them involved in public safety, many of them involved in hockey as youth coaches involved with the junior fuel organization. Bernie Jott, head coach of the Fuel for a couple of seasons. Jan Yas, assistant coach for the Fuel for a number of years. As well as Ken Boone still here in the community. Mike Berger has remained in the community and has been very involved in hockey. Jamie Morris, same thing. A number of these players have remained and really given back to this community and helped raise another generation of hockey players here in India. And I think that just shows you how special that team was and that group of guys was. And the fact that so many of them have settled here in the circle city. And so it was fun to look back at that 1999, 2000 season. I want to thank Tony Uminski for two things. Number one, giving us permission to bring this retrospective to you as well as producing it and recording it 20 years ago that was recorded it was distributed to a few fans booster club members season ticket holders and had never been digitized 
had never been put out in this mass forum. So many of you hearing that for the first time, if you're not, it was a nice trip down memory lane. It was certainly a lot of fun for me who was covering that team as a newspaper reporter that year, working in a small daily in Greenfield. And it was just a special team to be around. We weren't really sure what this new Central Hockey League thing was all about. We had to get used to all new players, a whole new team, a whole new league, whole new opponents, everything. And by the end of the year, that team felt like family. And I've been fortunate through my role with the Fuel and my roles here in hockey over the last several years to stay in touch with a lot of those guys. And of course, Rod Davidson was a guest on our podcast last year, and we have remained in touch. And of course, uh, spending a lot of time with Bernie and Jan when they were coaching with the Fuel as well, as well as Mike Berger, as he has spent a lot of time around the rink. And so it was really a special team, a special time, and it was fun to take a look back. We've got a lot of fun lined up for you on Under the Hood in the coming weeks. We're going to have a number of guests from the 1990 and 2000 championship teams. We're going to keep looking back at those anniversaries as well as maybe meeting up with some former Fuel players, finding out what they're up to now and other people involved in the hockey scene in central Indiana, people from the Fuel front office. We'll tell you the story from all angles of the Fuel and indie hockey this summer on Under the Hood. I want to thank you for joining us on this edition of Under the Hood. I am the broadcast voice of the Indie Fuel, Andrew Smith. Stay safe, stay healthy. Come October, we'll see you at the rink. Thanks for going Under the Hood with the Indie Fuel. For more, keep visiting IndieFuelHockey.com.